This is Radio ANA, broadcasting on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We are Annalise and Arnie, talking about community and individual responses to harm, transformative justice, accountability, safety, support and healing and prison abolition within and challenging dominator culture. We would like to acknowledge Aboriginal elders past and present and to acknowledge and honour the resistance of First Nations people across these lands. Stay. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radio A&A. And that was Aldous Harding, Imagining My Man. Welcome to tonight's show. I'm Annie. I'm Annelise. And today we're going to be talking about the Healing Through Arts series that both of us are actually a part of. And I guess just broadly about community-based healing spaces. Yeah, what we think about those things, what we think is important. I was wondering, Annelise, what, yeah, maybe you could start us off by sharing a bit about what is Healing Through Arts and what drew you to wanting to do this. So, Healing Through Arts is a collective that puts on different events, different spaces where people can share space together, Um, people who've experienced family intimate or sexual violence. And we put on different things. So some of them are very like craft-based without much talking, um, just sort of like a doing together. Um, Some of them are around talking and exploring. But the big premise of it, I think, is around being together in sort of like in a collective way and thinking about healing as togetherness rather than um, as like an ice, you know, something done in isolation. So really that's what the Healing Through Arts is. It's, you know, we put on things like making soap together or the synth workshop, the Tree of Life exploration, cooking together. Yeah, all sorts of different things. Yeah, I think for me it's interesting because when I was thinking about this question, what drew me to wanting to do Healing Through Arts workshops... I think I had like confusing feelings about it because I'm somebody who's always I'm more drawn to talking and thinking often in like you know about what happened what's going on but it's not always very useful in fact (laughs) it can be quite the opposite and maybe I had a hesitation about doing the healing through arts in a way because I don't see myself as a very artistic kind of person And it's been really interesting to think about just creating these spaces to challenge some of that even idea or expectation that you need to be a certain kind of like artist or produce something or create something or be talking for a purpose, for a reason, get to here, get to there, as opposed to be in a space with other people and do something, whether that's share stories or share ideas or make a mask even if you think you suck at it or something like this and make something, yeah, with other people. The feeling of that is so different to I'm sort of thinking about, you know, quite a long time ago when most of the like support workshops we used to do were pretty intense and often created space for people to really go into stories of harm and they were really heavy and maybe they offered people things and connection but in this really certain kind of way and there's so many there's so many ways that we get taught that that's how healing should look like you go into a space you go into the darkest most awful experiences you've had you share those with other people you cry together and then you leave it's not necessarily been so wonderful (laughs) yeah I think often re-traumatizing for me anyway when I think about yeah what drew me to doing the healing through arts is probably more like a like cultural response to you know even thinking about in my family many things are sort of done openly like healing grieving birthing death things are not often done in isolation that's probably a circumstance of like space and like yeah it's definitely a history of that in ways people have lived it's not a very like individual culture, I guess, in my family. And so coming to Australia and being here for also most of my life, it's like has always been such a tension to have these things really done in isolation. Like all of those things I mentioned, like healing and death and birth are often done with you or like a professional. And I never really felt like good about that or that that was really... I don't know, something that worked for me. And I mean, even now, like I sometimes find just like individual talk therapy, like important for me, but also has its limitation. And so, yeah, I wanted to like think about how 
even in like even though sometimes it's pretty clunky like how we can sort of challenge pretty isolating usually way that this culture creates spaces for healing which I think is pretty professionalized like it is around sort of the service sector around getting a counselor an individual therapist there's also heaps of research about groups right that they're often very connecting and healing for people and you know we know that like circle work comes from First Nations peoples all across the world and how powerful circle work is. And so there's something there around like how do we have an antidote to the individualism, I think, of this culture in all the realms um, and particularly, yeah, what I see in the realms of healing. And, you know, one of the things I really liked about them is what you were saying before around like they are called healing through arts, but... Yeah, everyone that's put on, put them on, including us, like one of the important things people have said is it is also an opportunity to challenge our, the ways we lean into perfectionism. And so even all the sort of like activities and things we might do together are often not about having a finished product of a certain description, which also has been good for me because it challenges like this idea that I need to like create this specific thing specific beautiful thing at the end and some people still do and that's you know beautiful and amazing but it's kind of cool to like have multiple things happening in the workshops as well and some of that is like if we're if we're leaning to perfectionism and we know that that gets in the way for us to be able to sort of more have some fun and some different ways we can be in the workshop too. Yeah, it's interesting when you're talking because, you know, we've spoken about this before, but my family experience was com- completely the opposite of that. You know, like Anglo-Western culture, even though my mum's way of growing up would have been quite different to this. Like my dad's history of the family was more dominating of our family dynamic and everything was always in private. Like even now the idea that my family members experience emotions, except for my mum, is like wild you know and so it's interesting to think then about like yeah like growing up in this kind of context like where a lot of experiences are very isolating there's a lot of stuff about like secrecy privacy move on and productivity as well which is you know like this culture of whiteness and then coming into yeah certain social spaces where yeah then like healing is a word that's used all the time but kind of confusing and unclear like what that sort of means and healing from what and in what way and all these sorts of things and yeah like replicating kind of as you said like this professionalized way of doing things not just individually but then even when we went in a group essentially going okay let's do what we think counseling is which is yeah like sharing darkness or something like this or talking all the time um and not necessarily thinking about even just like practicing different ways of being with other people, you know, being in a space where you actually practice trying to hold yourself in different kind of ways, trying to figure out like, okay, how does this feel? How does that feel? How do we like, you know, I think something you shared actually in the soap workshop, like space to take risks together, but in a context where you people are safe or comfortable or, you know, have support or something like this can offer you so much but there's so much less of an emphasis on that kind of like just trying out different ways of being as opposed to yeah this idea that just talking through everything in this certain like rational blah 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 way is everything that's going to I don't know allow you to shift into a different place of I don't know thinking or being in yourself and it's also really cool I think to even be experimenting with different ways of having some talk and some therapy but in community like community therapy how can we learn skills to do this with each other but in a way that can actually yeah help you to feel different when you leave feel something different in the moment even even just in moments of connection with other people it doesn't have to feel heavy all the time and I think there's something about that yeah which I don't know can make you just think about different possibilities that might exist in the relationships that you're in in life in the early world without days I think we were 
um, really listening to the sort of dominant story, so the problem story of um, people's experiences of violence, and we stayed there, which like often isn't very transformative, can often be very re-traumatising as well. And I think a lot of like mainstream counselling does this too. Like I've definitely been to you know, family violence counsellors who have also like done this to me and sexual violence counsellors who've done this to me as though like it's somewhat, I don't know, relieving or something to kind of take me back there. And yeah, when, when we started doing like more narrative stuff, they have this idea of, you know, like response versus effects. And so, and responses to violence, which everyone is always responding in some way, means that there's like multi-stories, not just the problem story. And like, I wish I'd known more back then how to, like how, how to have a language for that and how to explore it. Because I think we, we have gotten better at doing that, I think. And in the healing through arts is one example, is where we, we do hold space for like the problem story or experiences of violence but we also really listen to like the ways people have gotten through that or the responses to violence and like support people to really yeah like thicken that story in their lives and to value it and honor it yeah for sure and I was actually thinking about this the other day in a different kind of a way of like even just the time periods and how the broader conversation around interpersonal violence has shifted over time and in a context where a lot of what was happening was like fighting, yeah, for people to be able to be believed in their stories and their experiences, this emphasis on then being able to share that story of what happened to you is kind of like a response to that. And yet, yeah, like the, the effect of what I noticed, you know, and thinking about, yeah, like early collectives, you know, when everybody is just sharing these stories of what happened to them and the effects with each other and then you're all trying to hold that together, it just reinforces this idea that that's the most biggest consuming factor of life, which is what you're saying, like the problem story is dominant. And so even within that, yeah, trying to find ways not just to talk about but to feel and experience these different aspects of yourself and notice that you've always had those, you know, what you're sort of saying, like, yeah, how did people respond to what happened to them and and how are people still responding? How are people still getting through the effects that still exist of the things that are happening, of what they've experienced? I think it's interesting to consider, like, a lot of the ways that, like, anti-violence movements became institutionalised and then also the ways that groups were kind of responding to the social conditions, for example, emphasis on publicness and sharing story as against secrecy and not being believed, have become institutionalised and then in community, we kind of replicate those. Whereas, yeah, as you're saying, it doesn't necessarily help people to kind of move through that shift or create something else. And also, the social conditions and the dominant attitudes have somewhat shifted, you know, mm. like in certain kinds of a way. And, yeah, like how do you kind of hold like space to share, space to explore the effects with also space to grow, space to change, space for that to not be the only story that somebody's experienced in their lives and also like what helps people connect with all the skills of survival and empowerment they actually have outside of just using the language of survivor as opposed to victim. How do we actually, I don't know, like strengthen that kind of idea for ourselves? Let's go to a song and then we'll come back. So let's listen to Change Has to Come by Moji. Can't you hear the bell signal the warning? Here comes the storm. Best we be gone. Out to the street where the legions are forming I heard the call more than ever before If we just scream on our screens We will forget what it means I am flesh, I am blood I am down in the mud To protect all the things I believe in I believe in I believe in us Rising above 
was Rui De Silva with Touch Me, thanks to Stacey. 
So we have been talking about the Healing Through Art series and collective responses to healing. This is Radio ANA with Annelise and Arnie. Yeah, we're talking about collective healing as an antidote to experiences of violence um, that are often quite individualizing and pathologizing. I wanted to ask you, Annelise, like, because, you know, I guess sort of started speaking a little bit about this before the song, but for you, like you mentioned before, um, these spaces as against professionalization and trying to create these collective spaces in community. Why do you feel that community-based healing spaces are so important? Well, I think I can maybe answer the question for myself because, yeah, a lot of people will have different ideas. And, like, I don't want to take away from that some people get heaps out of individual, like, talk therapy and that's been, like, really transformative for people. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's important we have all the things, right? I think... It's just that what I see less of is community-based healing. I see just more like of that sort of professionalised ways to respond to anything, really, any traumas or violences. But I think community healing, like community therapy, firstly, I think that it does like challenge this idea of expert, which often is, it's so dominant, right, in all of, in kind of every part of our world that somebody knows more than we do or that I do about myself and it's not to say that people don't have different ideas that I would to want to take on but I don't know I do like appreciate for me not I mean I'm like pretty anti-authoritarian so I even when I have counsellors I'm kind of like get pretty annoyed at them and sort of like when they're trying to tell me what to do or give me advice I like really hate it not to say I have all the answers but I do have many about myself and so I like the community healing spaces because it means it kind of like diminishes that idea that there's like experts in there like values that actually everyone is coming with like so much yeah knowledge and that we can share that. It doesn't have to like stay with the therapist as though the therapist is all knowing. We can actually share and like swap different ideas and help each other in the space. I think that's pretty cool. I also think the reason why I'm really drawn to them is because I do actually think they really combat isolation, which is like one of the effects, right, of like, Um, often like experiences of violence, particularly experiences of family intimate partner violence. One of the tactics of that is to isolate people. And so I am interested in sort of like challenging those tactics of domination. And I think the only ways we can really do that is by connecting with each other and trying to, yeah, make people hopefully feel less isolated in their experiences you know we've gotten lots of feedback about them and people have said that it's really um, helped them connect with others when in times where they were really lonely and where they didn't feel they had many connections they could come to the healing through arts and be able to have that what about for you Arnie yeah I mean so many similar things and also, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sharing the same thought around like there can be so much value in professional counselling and help and when people, yeah, have taken time to kind of learn these skills and can possibly help you even though some counsellors also can be extremely, extremely unhelpful as we all know. But, yeah, I, I suppose that if that's all that there is, if that's the only space and increasingly, you know, I think as a started to talk about before in the history of the anti-violence movement starting as a community-based movement with a lot of community-based healing spaces including practical resources like community-based refuge um, community-based like gatherings get-togethers talking all these sorts of things and through accessing funding to be able to provide this to more people the dynamic changes 
such that, you know, and I think at the same time the idea that communities can do this and be formed around this seems further and further from a possibility and, you know, I don't really experience that as empowering, I suppose, because then the conversations that we have around support and healing are around who has access to professional services. And, I, you know, I think everyone should be able to have access to these things. Um, and, and yet at the same time, I'm so interested in what would help all of us to learn from each other about how to, like, navigate really hard shit um, collectively and not just in communities that exist but to kind of build connection and community around like a shared idea of you know that actually like experiences of violence are often yeah structurally created and enabled and nobody deserves that <laughs> and that in building more connection about trying to create like little moments of difference yeah maybe that helps yeah like even like me as a person like connect to different possibilities of myself different possibilities of how I can interact with other people instead of furthering the belief that it's not possible and the only way it is possible is to defer to yeah an authority that's so separate from you or to become one right to like step into this kind of space of like expert authority yeah so I think you know also more broadly this kind of it's not that long ago that all of these kinds of things would have just happened in community, not in service. And so it's really interesting even just thinking about different projects that I've been involved in over the years and like something we've spoken about before is, you know, meeting people who are super passionate and interested in coming, creating, being part of, you know, building these sorts of spaces together have never before come across the idea that you could just do that and yeah like what is that you know when people are kind of you know have been alive for multiple decades and that idea that people could come together and make things that are healing and supportive for each other feel so far away and I think that sometimes can be part of like for myself anyway like a healing journey in itself the idea that you could build things together one of the things that I have gained from punk I went into punk when I was really young and it was DIY punk and like the ethic of DIY we've talked about this is like I'm really grateful for that because it does mean that I really feel like we can just like create projects together and not need like professional help or or even a grant or be connected to some sort of service and that we will fumble in that and that's okay but like that we can do it and so I, I am really grateful actually for that but something that I feel like professionalized professionalizing the anti-violence movement has done is it has it's like I think it's created like community helplessness and it's like diminished like the capacity for communities to respond within themselves and communities are so reliant on often outside the outside and it's often people that like aren't connected to community or are like part of dominator culture you know coming into other people's community with an idea of that they know better or know best and I was yeah before when you were speaking Arnie I was also thinking about the other thing that it sort of has meant like this kind of taking up of the anti-violence movement is now so much healing spaces in that in the service sector is within carceral feminism and so many people that go to groups there's also like things that people are mandated by right around what you share in terms of like who talks to who about things within your family and does that mean that there's consequences for um, your relationship with your children, for example? So there's, yeah, there's like very real consequences too for people who, 
use those services as they should, as they should have access to them. But what, yeah, the services are also connected to, I would say, like the criminal legal system and they are mandated by those systems as well, which are not healing systems. They are the state and the state is also an enforcer of violence. Yeah, and and just while you were speaking as well, like I was thinking about, you know, the the other effect, I think, is that, you know, as you mentioned, people's experiences of violence, often a huge effect of that is isolation, but also like living in like a mass society in the city, experiencing, you know, various kinds of like barriers, marginalisations, difficulties. A lot of people feel isolated anyway. And I think when these spaces are in community, like in community, meaning not in a professional setting, they can be a step towards building community for people who don't have it. And whilst people can, you know, build relationships with a therapist or sometimes in a group that happens in a service, a lot of the time there are so many rules about who and how you can engage, who can be friends with who. So, you know, like the professional boundaries of the therapist-client relationship and you're probably not going to like, you know, when you see each other at the club on the weekend, it's going to be awkward. It's not going to be like, you know, a nurturing, like, I don't know, connection-building experience. Or, you know, I was sort of thinking about yeah, like, you know, phone counselling stuff that I've done in the past and you're speaking to these different people who are all isolated, experiencing a very similar kind of thing, struggling in a similar kind of way. And actually the best thing would be if they could just speak to each other and, like, be actual friends. But there's all these rules that kind of prevent facilitating or enabling that. And yet what would be so much more healing... (laughs) is if people could come together and then probably feel that they also could continue to create healing spaces or continue to do things together, do projects to like act in the world along the lines of what they want to do um, or like the values that they might share. And so, yeah, the less we feel able to just do those projects or make those spaces, actually the more reliant on these relationships, often of dependence, like on an authority, you know, whatever we become, I just had me thinking that like maybe sometimes when we talk about these things, we um, might forget to like situate ourselves in it. Mm. And I just, yeah, had me remembering that like the workshops that we do are in our communities, I Mm. guess. And um, yeah, sometimes I think when we talk about the projects that we do, it could also be as though we are doing the thing that we're critiquing. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, it's like everyone in the collective is interested in, like, creating spaces that are, yeah, generative, spaces that we haven't maybe experienced before. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that because the reason I'm doing this is, like, also for myself, I guess. Mm. It's not – it is to create and share space with others, but it's, like, I'm invested in, like – my own healing and like sharing that with other people Mm. I'm not outside of that Mm. yeah yeah and I guess by the same token I think sometimes when we speak and then we're talking about ideas or thoughts there's no like grandiose belief about the power of the project either it's like one little thing one little moment of attempt to do something that might be nice for all of us and I guess for me it's connected to a hope that other people also feel more able to make little moments and also connect with other people who are doing that. But, yeah, I think you mentioned at the start, like, fumbling through that, making mistakes, doing things that don't kind of work. But I think it is interesting in general for me to have conversations around, yeah, like, what I don't know, what else is possible in, like, community spaces because in my life and experiences and friendship groups like yeah lack of this has been hard and often feeling that the only option you know for self or friends is this very removed and often difficult 
I know, like, yeah, a relationship with somebody that you have to explain your whole life to and that's it and it's so separate from the ways that all these things are showing up for us daily. Yeah, it just doesn't really feel like enough. And even, like, one of the things I think my, like, individual therapists have found really difficult to understand is, like, organising is also healing for me and I think that's what I like about the sort of healing justice stuff is around yeah I would say that many people that like what would like to facilitate spaces and and do that that's part of their healing journey you know it's not separate it's not yeah that it is in itself healing to do to do those sort of small things and make sort of small steps yeah and I think that's like a cool thing about you know even when we've been thinking about the healing through arts project like the possibility for people to come and attend and then get involved in organizing and that that's not like a huge jump or a huge leap or anything like that because you know there's not this huge difference between everybody we're all just trying to figure stuff out and it's way nicer to do that together with other people who are also trying to figure stuff out yeah I think that is like a nice feeling when you're also sharing all space together. It is. And it's a very, um, I would say it's a very chill collective. And like, I think one of the things that I appreciate about it is, I think we do just try and work with like where everybody is at and we're not taken up by rush culture. We really just move with <laughs> move with what everybody you know mm. um, with where everyone is at, and mm. it's no, it doesn't feel like a pressure or yeah. And it's interesting because I think you know all these things that actually can compound all the effects of the things I don't know hardships that people are like living with or going through can be like this rushing perfectionism must do now like emphasis on productivity otherwise you're useless and the idea that if it doesn't happen now it'll never happen and so it is interesting even in the organizing of something to be trying to think about unlearning that you know it's a huge challenge for me to try and step away from so many of these things that I've been recruited into that actually compound (laughs) so many Mm. other problems in my life you know and just to be like oh like yeah, even if we just only occasionally do these things when we feel like it. Actually, a lot of people have come to many, even though it's spanned infrequent time periods over multiple years. And it's interesting to think about even just building relationships or connections with people in that way, you know, without the sort of expectation of, yeah, like constancy or, yeah, a certain kind of regularity to challenge this idea that if you're not doing all this stuff now, it's going to be lost and even that's like it's sort of interesting to think about. Yeah, just for my own self in my journey, how that's like challenging certain views that I have and views that I have about life, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that there's lots of room for um, others to be doing stuff too. And just I had a conversation with someone just the other day around you know, there's the Healing Through Arts Collective, but there's also many different things like at Catalyst Social Centre we, you know, there's the free meal on the Monday night and I was saying to the person I was talking to that 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 is a healing space. Like, you know, bring your friends there, you know, bring your group of friends and like share a meal together but with others and, you know, value that, yeah, people are like wanting to sort of share food and space together in a pretty chill way I'm like yeah how do we in a a very grassroots way as well how do we sort of yeah see different things as well as and as healing spaces not Mm. just like because they're called healing Mm. (laughs) absolutely and that is like another interesting thing around the institutionalization of certain ideas about support and that being linked to the service sector it's like certain activities get deemed as healing which are often more closely connected to counseling that whereas you know even if I think about yeah like moving through maybe certain like bigger problems in my life you mentioned organizing before but yeah often it has been like having a project to to do together with other people 
that has, yeah, I don't know, been very healing in a lot of ways for me, which again is not to say that counselling is not also useful and has not also been valuable, but yeah, like what do we deem as healing is such a huge question and especially if we do want to take this view of transforming the social conditions that enable harm, you know, or yeah, like, yeah, just addressing like what makes it harder to push back against some of the effects of things that people have or I have and continue to go through because the world is still the way that it is. Yeah, like even us, you know, gardening together, like all these sorts of things or going to the protest together, going to this thing how do we actually think about all of that stuff and the possibilities for healing in all these sorts of different activities we do collectively opens up such a different conversation, I think. Shall we go to a song Mm -hmm. and maybe wrap up? Yes, let's wrap up. We're going to go out listening to a couple of songs maybe. And, yeah, maybe to end. I don't know. These are just our silly little thoughts you know <laughs> around things around things that we have experienced and done and I don't know there's like this whole idea around healing and healing justice is just has yeah there's heaps of different amazing things people are doing like around the world and that people have done for a very long time that is like against the individualism and the isolation of um I would say the service sector and like yeah challenging neoliberal ideas around healing so yeah we're always interested to talk with people about that and if you've got any projects you'd love to come on the radio and talk to us about please yeah Mm. get in contact and Mm. we can explore that with you Mm. yeah and like maybe just to add to that especially I think you know that kind of like how do we build that view of DIY possibilities without everybody having to go through punk (laughs) you know I mean that's not the case but yeah like how to just have more spaces for conversations without feeling like to have a conversation or to talk about something it has to be really big I think that's also why I like just sharing the silly little thoughts as you put them without needing to be like this is a huge big perfect amazing thing it's like actually how do we just have more conversations about these things such that it feels more possible Exactly. And connect them together somehow, like share the stories of all of them. Hmm. Thanks, everybody. Um, We are going to listen to Trees and Flowers by Strawberry Switchblade.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.